This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, February 27th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week in Nature is titled Smoking Changes Adaptive Immunity with Persistent Effects. In this study, the authors found that smoking affected both innate and adaptive immune response, and that the associations were consistent across number of years smoking and number of cigarettes. The effect on innate immune response was short-term, with immune response returning to levels comparable to non-smokers after quitting. The effect on adaptive immunity, however, was long-term and persisted even after quitting. Our next study, in the New England Journal of Medicine Evidence, is titled Smoking Cessation and Short and Longer-Term Mortality. This study pooled current or former versus never cigarette smoker hazard ratios from four national cohorts with linkage to death registries in the United States, United Kingdom, Norway, and Canada, surveying adults 20 to 79 years of age from 1974 to 2018. The authors found that quitting smoking at any age, but especially in younger years, was associated with lower excess mortality overall and from vascular, respiratory, and neoplastic diseases. Beneficial associations were evident as early as three years after cessation. Our next study in the New England Journal of Medicine is titled Electronic Nicotine Delivery Systems for Smoking Cessation. In this study, patients were randomized to either receive smoking cessation counseling or counseling plus e-cigarettes. Both groups could also access nicotine replacement therapy and smoking cessation medications. The group provided e-cigarettes had higher rates of tobacco abstinence at six months. The e-cigarette group had higher rates of continued nicotine use. The authors note that e-cigarettes added to standard counseling may be beneficial to patients who wish to abstain from tobacco, though it is not as useful if they wish to abstain from all nicotine. Our next article in Drug and Alcohol Dependence is titled Comparative Analysis Between CDT in Serum and Ethyl Glucoronide in Hair to Define the Best Reliable Tool for the Diagnosis of Alcohol Abuse. This study compared the performance of carbohydrate-deficient transferrin, or CDT, in blood with ethyl glucuronide in hair. Subjects seeking license reinstatement had peripheral blood analyzed for CDT, as well as a hair sample analyzed for ETG. Positive CDT was found in 1.5% of samples, and positive ETG was found in 16.4%. The authors note that CDT has a half-life in blood of 7 to 10 days, whereas ETG in hair reflects alcohol use over the past three months. Although detecting alcohol use via CDT is less expensive, the authors conclude that ETG in hair has greater reliability. Next, we have an article in Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report titled Routes of Drug Use Among Drug Overdose Deaths, United States 2020-2022. In this report, the authors examine trends and changes in route of drug use between January 2022 and December 2022. During this time, overdose deaths increased 20.2%, with the percentage of those deaths due to illegally manufactured fentanyl increasing from 71% to 77%. The routes of use also changed. Deaths with evidence of smoking increased from 13% to 23%, and snorting increased from 13% to 16%, while deaths with injection decreased from 22% to 16%. 
Given changes in routes of use, the authors state the possible effects of public health messaging to highlight the risk of overdose from non-injection routes. Next is a study in drug and alcohol dependence, titled Expanding Access to Medication Treatment for Opioid Use Disorders. Between 2010 and 2019, Washington State increased MOUD by 200% compared to nationally, where it increased by 106%. In 2017, Washington State implemented a hub-and-spoke network to support MOUD initiation. Six hubs, consisting of MOUD experience providers, connected to over 50 spokes comprised of community-based providers. After the hub-and-spoke network began, persons connected to the network had a 50% increase in MOUD use compared to a 10% increase in the non-hub-and-spoke group. Our final article, In Health Affairs Forefront, is titled, Federal Policy Changes Must Occur to Provide a Life-Saving Stimulant Drug Intervention. The authors argue that a behavioral intervention called contingency management is the only treatment that is consistently associated with reductions in stimulant use. However, the federal government has created numerous obstacles to using this approach. These obstacles are contributing to the current failure to prevent drug-related deaths in the U.S. The authors conclude that contingency management should be available to all people with a stimulant use disorder in the United States. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ASAM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary, delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and asam.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.